0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mike Kane cast. I'm here with Rick Recon, an independent professional wrestler from the Northeast. How are you, Rick? Doing fantastic. How are you doing? Good. Rick, I uh, just wanted to ask you, how did you get started as a wrestling fan? Wrestling fan,
1: I was actually a buddy of mine, high school buddy of mine, because I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I, wore, I watched it with my dad when I was like, since I was five years older, oh, I watched it with my uncle or grandpa or whatever father figure or sometimes grandma, you know, we'll throw that in there. Uh, but uh, I got into it a lot later. Um, it wasn't exactly a, a, a uh, approved thing in my household. I mean, I'm the Attitude Era didn't really help with that. Obviously, it's, you know, it was, uh, the material wasn't really good for little, little, you know, five or nine year old Joshi to watch, let's be honest. But uh, I was just a high school buddy of mine, and he—we uh, went over to his house one time after school, and he—he uh, he turned it on. It was Monday. It was Monday Night Raw. He turned it on. I'm like, "What is this?" And he's like, "It's wrestling." And I'm like, "Oh, it's wrestling. I don't know if I'm supposed to watch this." He's like, "Nah, just watch it." I think it was like John Cena and Jeff Hardy or something, and uh, I was like, oh, "This is like, this is cool." And I'm like. Oh, is, is this is just really happening and stuff he's like doesn't matter if it is or not just watch it and i i don't know i liked it from that point on like i didn't care what it was i knew what it was almost immediately but i was like this is so cool and then i just continued to watch it and then i started really heavily watching smackdown because that was like it was available on like a, a public cable station yeah. uh at the time and i was watching it and then you know, Undertaker came out and that was, that was pretty much it for me.
0: I was like, yep. that's it. do dude ever. I'm with ah, it. So that's, so that's pretty that's much crazy. where it started was there? Yeah. I, I've told the story before, but I, I'm a little bit older. I'm 41. So when I was young and I was, in, and I was into wrestling, it was the American wrestling association on ESPN and world-class championship wrestling out of Dallas. But when I started watching it closer to high school, it was ecw uh and i went to my first ecw show when i was 16 and i brought my brother who was 14 and in retrospect probably probably shouldn't have it was a it was about a month before the new jack mass transit incident and things were already starting to get a little out of control you missed it by, by that much it by that much and uh My my therapist thanks us for for missing that. So that that worked out. That worked. That ended up working out for everybody. Uh, Now, I guess the question is, is how do you go from a fan to a wrestler? What steps did you take and how did you make a decision to do it yourself?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is like uh, wrestlers, like obviously like we we're like we're the biggest fans of it. Because like nobody who isn't, who doesn't absolutely love this is going to actually go from one side of the barricade to the other and do this. And people need to understand the transition from one side of the guardrail to the other. As soon as you cross over, it is a completely different world. You have to carry yourself as a professional. There's a lot of unprofessional people. You know that that I've run into, and there's a whole lot of professional people I've run into. But you you start to the more you go along, you start to separate them very quickly. And professionals just tend to just run with other pros. That's just right. how it is. But a lot of it was from seeing Undertaker uh, and Edge, and I said this is fantastic. It, it just went from being beyond a fan to I would love to do this. And it, it took a while for it to like really the seed to really get there in 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 Germany. And there was no like wrestling schools in my area at the time, I wanna say around the 2008, 2009 point. So like I said, it, it took a little while for it to like really get going to where I was like, oh, I'd like to do this. I wanna say it was like in 2015, um, like mid 2015, I did a, uh, I just went, I did a seminar at House of Hardcore. Tommy Dreamer was, run, you know, his place and he was running it. And uh, it came down to me and another guy was going to get like full tuition. They went with the other guy, which was, which is cool. I get it. I think he was closer or whatever, but he's like, I like your look. He thought I was at the time. He was like, I thought you were a wrestler already.
0: And I was like, no,
1: I just showed up in like basically like, you know, (laughs) shield gear from wish. And he's like, I thought you were a wrestler. Like you have that like look about you. Um, And I'm like, and then, i found a school a school opened up around me around the albany area and i was run by jerry idol and he opened it up and i was like i gotta go i have to go and of course like i i was scared to make the phone call at first because i'm just like i don't know i i don't know it's it's that unknown and uh you know i was dude i gotta make this call i have to make this call i went down Uh, I signed up, there was like 10 other dudes with me and everything. And like, dude, I want to say like, after two weeks, I was the only guy of that particular group of guys that was left. Everybody else just dropped off or got injured or just they couldn't take it anymore. They were like, Oh, I guess. Okay, you're the last one left. And you have a pair of wrestling boots. You're in kid. There you go. So I just kept training through 2016 uh, because this is where I started. It was like right after Christmas. I went through and I trained and I I started having a couple matches uh, with my trainer, uh, Shockwave. And uh, that was it. I just kept going and I just kept going. And there's times I wanted to just put it away, you know, because it got hard. But I was like, every time I felt like that, something would spark it again. Like, all right, just keep going. So that's that's where I'm at and that was
0: yeah so was, I'm in going in 5 years now I've been doing it. When you first started what came natural to you? What was what do you feel was easy for you?
1: I don't nothing.
0: Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um
1: I guess I guess the only thing that really came naturally to me was like anything that was like power strength based because I I had done a lot of um I'd done a lot of powerlifting and uh Olympic style weightlifting. So I had a background like that in it, you know what I mean? So anything like strength or power base, as far as like throwing people, suplex, anything like that was, that wasn't hard. It was like, it was just other stuff. I had to up my endurance, which I, which I did. Cause you know, at the time when I started, I, I was, I was more on the Husky side. I was like, I want to say like two forty. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it was like just Husky powerlifter weight. I could move a, a lot, but when I came to running the ropes, the, the, the would kill me, you know, yeah. stuff like that. The drills, they would blow me up. But the thing was, is I, I just, I, my mental, I would say my mental state was actually another thing that came naturally. It was like, I'm not quitting. You're not going to see me quit. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I just, you're not going to have the satisfaction of seeing me quit that's what was that's that got me through i don't know how many different training sessions of getting just blown up and just bumped around and i'm like nope i'm coming back next day see you guys i'll uh, i'll be back tomorrow that was that was it um thankfully i had a good uh trainer shockwave he's very technical he's like you got to do it right you know and if you do it right i need to see you do it again to make sure it wasn't a fluke so that helped when His explaining things made the technical side of wrestling and grappling and all that that started to come a little more naturally as I went along. But, uh, but yeah, I had to put in the work. I wasn't just a guy that just got in and just did it. There's some guys that are like that. I was kind of the middle of the road, like, I had a, a base and background, but it was, I needed to learn and I needed to learn as I went too. So, like, You know, so anybody who's going to hear that, like, oh, this is really hard. It takes a lot, man. And it's not coming naturally to me. Just keep going, man. You'll be fine. Just keep going.
0: Yeah. If someone was going to prepare for wrestling school or was trying to pick a wrestling school, what are some things you recommend they do before they get started?
1: Well, one, I would obviously I would try to see um, one. How close is it to you? Because a closer school is going to be you. Obviously, it's going to be easier to you to be able to go. I know I'm. I'm not against. Obviously, like, dude, if there's if there was if the school was 30 minutes an hour away, you really want it, go get it. But obviously, a closer one is going to help. That's location is certainly one of them. Yeah. Definitely look at that. Two, see if you find a school. See who the alumni are. You know, obviously, big names or guys that have been signed or whatever is. You know, obviously, that's going to make you go there. So a place like Monster Factory, New Jersey, there's a lot of people that have come from there. But that isn't always like a guarantee of like, all right, I'm going to go, you know, again, you, you know, that's one thing is to check out their social media, uh, try to get see if they put up training videos, get a grasp of like what they do uh definitely go and meet with the 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 people who run the school in person a lot of times is better than just like messaging them or through email it's just more personable it shows that you want it more than just message and you know hand it to me put some effort in go meet them it's like a job interview i mean i understand it's training and you're you know whatever but it's kind of the same thing just go meet them talk to them get a sense of who they are uh if you Honestly, to be honest, because there's good schools, there's bad schools. If you go and there's a bad vibe, leave. Just leave. Just I'm just gonna be straight up with you. You get a bad vibe or like a gut feeling. I don't really like this. Just leave. It's just better off that way. That's one thing. Because there's good and bad in wrestling, and you need to understand like what's good, what's bad, and and that's just how it is. That would those are some of the things I would say. Definitely look at as far as like. To be prepared for it and be prepared for that. Be prepared to take criticism. Be prepared to get to people to chew you out. Sometimes it's just how it is. It's not them bullying you. It's them being a coach. Good coaches are going to do that. Um, work out, Get on a, a decent diet. Cardio, 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 cardio. Lift weights. Go to the gym. Look like an athlete. Be prepared to take those bumps. Be prepared to... Go 20 minutes in the ring and be able to do it, not keel over or have to go, you know, take a trip to the hospital because you, you, your, your heart gave out. Like, you have to be prepared for this. It's like any other sport, any other sport, regardless if it's like, ooh, it's scripted. I don't care. It's like any other sport. You would not walk onto a football field completely unprepared and expect to just walk on and start in a team. It's the same thing.
0: I just want to I just want to reiterate your point two, two of your points. Uh, one is the difference between good and bad schools and good and bad vibes. And I guess it's the two points are related in that when people are professional wrestlers, they're putting their safety on the line. They're putting That's their health they're putting their health on the line. So two two things. One, a dangerous school will put you in dangerous situations. A, a dangerous school will put you in stupid situations. But also also as to your point about preparation, it's super important. When I trained, I had done I had done boot camps and I thought I was ready. And I I, I was like, you know, I I prepared. And I wasn't even close. I was underprepared. And the thing was is that I knew I wanted to be a manager or a referee at the time. And I knew even then I was still responsible for the safety of other people. I was still responsible, I was still responsible for me to do what I'm supposed to do. But at the same time, it makes you act stupidly when your cardio goes out. You're
1: oh big. yeah. Yeah. I you mean, can't think, you can't think properly and then you can't handle things. So again, it's like, I don't care what level are, uh, you're at. Everybody has to have some level of conditioning cardio. You have to be in shape. Okay. We all, everybody, cause it's all parts of everything. It all has to fit. Okay. The referee referees have to be in shape they have to be trained because a bad ref will destroy the greatest match you could have the best match on the planet but if you don't have good refs it doesn't matter it's gonna fall apart you know good referees man if you have them in promotions or you know them treat them well you know what i mean and anybody that's like thinking oh it's just a referee no you can't just throw a shirt on and referee it's not how that works and i i i've Blown up at people who've actually said that because it just irritates me. There's three when it's singles match. There's three guys in the ring. You need to understand that So a
0: team effort. That's just how it is. That's sorry. That's just no problem. The room. Yeah, no. And, <laughs> and and also if you're a promoter, in the words of Teddy KGB from Rounders, pay the man his money uh, because yes, team referees, my lord, man, come on, yeah, <laughs> come on, man, yeah, and and again and again and again, I before I. Stepped in the ring and did any refing. I had completed a beginners class. I had been I had been studying the game for a long time before I got in and did it. Uh, now was it a, was it a bit of a trial by fire compared to to most of these guys? Sure, but at the same time, my number one priority is always the safety of the guys in the ring. It's always making sure that everybody is hundred percent okay. And then number two, which is really one B to one. If safety is one A, one B is communication making sure yes. that making sure that everybody knows where everybody's going and what everybody's doing. And then then number three or one C is stay out of the way, stay, keep, keep moving yes. in such a way yeah. that I am not in that's, the way of what's going on. Huge.
1: I I love it. There's, some, there's certain referees that like I, I've come to work with, you know, kind of fairly regularly. And there's some guys where I'm just like, dude, I don't even remember, like, years you're like thinking back on the match like, like you're you're like where was he like if a referee as a as a wrestler if a referee is a ghost up until when you need to have him right there to check on everybody you're golden because you're like he's not in the way his positioning is perfect he understands where you're going so it's like a referee has to obviously he's got a study tape too not only of referees but like just watching wrestling okay a guy is his body language he's positioned to go this way okay let me make sure i'm out of the way like in the corner make sure i'm not blocking uh hard cam sh- a really important hard right. camp or a roaming cam shot and that's very hard to do that with all the cameras around the ring and sometimes you can't like not block everyone but right. but the positioning is so key and that's such a it's not a lot of guys take the time to do that. So again, it comes back to you know
0: if you got good refs, man yeah. the, the number yeah. one I mean a huge thing in my head is like move laterally, not lengthwise because yes. because so many because nine out of ten moves are going to involve some degree of forward or backward. Uh, yes. there's going to be some side to, there's going to be some side to side, but you can kind of pick that up because that's one out of ten. But yeah. if you're moving side to side laterally versus lengthwise, because if someone do, if someone does a German suplex and you're behind them, that's you're a per, that's a problem. Yeah, that's, <laughs>
1: that's that's a, a bad. P- that's gonna be a bad day. Yeah, heads gull smack. Yeah, that's not uh, gonna be good
0: that, day. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a problem. But it's but again, it's I I I didn't cult I I always admired wrestlers. But I cultivated more of an, more of an admiration the closer I got to the, the closer I got to things and the more people that I met. And one of the things that I want you to talk about is what it's like to be a professional wrestler outside the ring. That is, how do you view yourself as a businessman?
1: So I know it's and I, it's it might sound like cliche because everybody I swear everybody whether it's in wrestling or not everybody now wants to be a brand. You know what I mean? That's like it's been like this thing that everyone hears. I want to say over the last five years, um, oddly enough, uh, that's how long I've been. But like, everybody's talking about being a brand or whatever. But it's true because, you know, like the brand of Rick Recon, how do you set that apart? How do you make that different? You know, how do you get people to buy your merch, to book you, to look at your social media? Um, I say, like, probably the biggest thing is to just keep putting out content. Um, keep on posting stuff. Be smart about what you post. Don't post something. If you're typing something out, read it over. Okay, if you're, if it's like one of those things where it could be kind of on the fence or whatever, or maybe taken the wrong way, probably shouldn't be posted. Sometimes it's better to just have it typed out, read it through, and if you're thinking, should I post this? This eh, I don't know if this. Just delete it. Keep it pushing. Yeah. Try to push something like your photos uh, of yourself, action photos, promo pics, uh, spots that you do. Um, you know, personally, that's that's me. Is try to do action shots uh, of you in the ring, uh, especially if you if you're in front of my God, if you're in front of a crowd and a packed house. Push that don't i did this once and i already i got like it's really funny i think i did this once and bob evans actually told me don't put that up don't put up this the the video that has like 10 people in the crowd because then you don't look like you're gonna draw you don't look like you draw of any and that might not be your fault necessarily that the promoter could have like not promoted the show but it's gonna look like oh they can't draw right why make that connection in the first place? always have that good quality video that's another thing is is if you can find good quality video guys give them give them give them the props thank them for what they do if you can smarten them up and say yo i'm gonna be doing this 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 and this at this point so they're ready for it i mean there's some guys some people can Pick it up. Some guys are really good at it because they understand wrestling. Like guys like GoPro wrestling, they understand, they do it. They have so much experience at it and they know, okay, this guy's going to do this and this, but not everybody knows that. Sometimes it's good to smarten up your cameraman or your photographers. Those are the, these are the people that are actually going to make you look like superstars. These are the guys that are going to make you look like going from, you know, that's going to separate you from being, a local shindy guy to hey this guy could be a national talent this guy could be an international talent sometimes it's literally just the quality of video and picks and with good lighting like that's sometimes what it takes and then obviously a professional attitude professional gear and it, it ties into going to the gym and looking like an athlete. No you don't all need to look like Randy Orton. You don't all need to look like uh what's his face um matt riddle fantastic right. shape. you don't need to look like that you know that's that's okay there's different shapes sizes different gimmicks everything else but you should all look like athletes there's, there's a outfit. that's the range right they, they, if you... that is the range and every but then that brings believability to what you do so that's gonna stand you out and then people are gonna start watching you you know like i i it's my own experience is the more in shape I got, the more good content I pushed, I pushed out the more different places, whether it was the big feds that were, you know, like on TV feds or like the, the bigger indie spots, the indie promotions or companies that are like really like putting their product out there on IWTV or fight or whatever, which is, you want to get seen. That's how to do it. And I'd get more interest from them because they're like, okay, we want to put this guy in a poster. We want to put this guy on the graphic. We want to put this guy and feature him in, you know, title matches because he looks like a legit athlete. And that's not, it's not a, don't take it as me being autistic or cocky. It's just, this is how it is. This is a looks based business. Yep. How it is. You'd be the most fantastic wrestler, do the most insane things, But if you don't look the part, no one is going to really want to go for that for
0: very long, at least. Right. No, that's 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 a fact. And I got to tell you, man, that's true in almost any business. And I, and I've been a large, I've been a larger guy for, for for most of my life. And I think I topped out at three Oh five and three Oh five, three Oh five on, on a six foot frame. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, And now that I've been working out lately, I notice that people treat me different. I notice that people look at me different. Um, I think there are times in my career where looking a certain way and frankly, looking like I'm not taking care of myself has cost me opportunities and i know that it has
1: yeah i i i can i can say the same thing i mean i wasn't i wasn't in bad shape i mean i was muscle but i i can tell you right now there were certain times where like dude if i was just a little leaner or i wasn't wearing the the long singlet look i i could have been that could have been my spot you know that so and so got And it's not a case of like I should have that. They fit the spot better, clearly, they it. because wanted. They earned it. They look the part. It's like a movie. It granted, what we do isn't a movie, but it's like a movie. Hey, you audition, and two guys. There's for once, there's two guys for one spot, and and hey, they went with the guy that they fit would fit the role or fit that particular yeah role. That's the best way to put it. Uh, yeah. In their company, better, and that's just how it is. Like, don't get mad again it's the same thing this is another thing that adds on to that is like when guys contact promotions for work is one have a good resume you know and everything that's kind of the basics but like be polite obviously when you reach out see what you can do to serve the company first because there's a million guys looking for spots looking for bookings but like, how can you serve them? You know, go help set up, Go stay to help break down. That'll set you apart big time as it looks like, hey, this guy actually wants to work with our company. He'll actually put in the time and pay the dues. But like, if you don't get booked with that company, don't get discouraged. It's the same thing like when you apply to a shoot job, you send your application or resume, you don't always get picked. And sometimes you don't hear back, why? And that's just how it is. So it's very similar to applying to a normal job. Absolutely. It's just how it is. So like, just keep at it, keep contacting in places. The, the more you go along and the, the more you are worth and you prove yourself and everything like that, the more you'll get responses back from companies and they'll start reaching out to you. Then that's just how it works. It takes time. It's, it's, that's just how this thing works. It's not an overnight thing. Very few guys ever get that overnight
0: thing. I I, I mean' I've, I, I've seen so many people in this life they get called overnight successes, but they've really been at this 10, 15, 20 years. You just yeah. haven't heard you just haven't heard about it. It's
1: like it's like the it's like an iceberg. You only see the tip of it. That's their overnight success and below it is everything that they've ever had to do and build up and work. It's the same thing. That's just how it is like this is a this is a business, any business or anything you want to do, you you know, really do and be a success at is like you have to put in the time. It doesn't. American dreams don't just happen like that or overnight. It's just it's just not how it works, you know they like to glamorize that that whole thing of like oh they just discovered them they were probably there grinding doing like an actor just comes out of nowhere and gets the role of a lifetime he was probably doing really crap (laughs) maybe not crap but like he was probably doing all kinds of like plays or small bit roles or whatever and like indie movies and stuff and like he was like what am i doing with my life and he sends in the audition tape and they're like that's the guy we want and then all of a sudden boom he's like the biggest star in the world because but like they don't see the 10 years he had to like you know eat ramen and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know in a small studio apartment like
0: no we live in the mtv cribs culture where i think everyone sees the apartment or the house and nobody sees what it took then nobody sees the old apartment or, oh, yeah. or no, nobody, nobody sees mom's basement. No, they don't see any of that. No, they see the mansion, but they do not see what proceeded. Um, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I mean, you could
1: on the, the three big ones, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook. That one's easy. Rick recon, you know, that I'll pop up. It'll be some cool picture of me being like, yeah, I'm cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, on Instagram, it's, uh, Rick underscore recon. And then on Twitter, it's at Rick recon one, the number one. All right. So, um, I, like I said, I, I post up there every day, put my stuff up, you know, I put my pro wrestling tees link up there, everything like you'll, you'll see it. I constant content. That's how you got to do it.
0: Everybody go buy a shirt. Come on, man. I uh, get, yeah. get yourself your yeah. Rick recon merchandise. And with that, I just want to say thank you very much for your time, and I'm glad you've been on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. Also, I just wanted to let you know that Rick will be appearing at Titan Championship Wrestling in Bayville, New Jersey, on Saturday, September 25th. Uh, contact Rick for more information. Again, thank you to Rick Recon for appearing. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you soon.